So welcome everyone to meet the hosts. Uh, this is one of your hosts, UK Mark, Mark Dempsey from the UK. And this is Gary Grant from Dallas, Texas. We're relatively uh, early in our podcasting careers here talking about the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and we thought we'd give everyone a chance to get to know us a little bit. So this is a meet the hosts episode and uh, I'm going to play the role of the question master and Gary, let's let everyone get to know you a little bit. So why don't you just introduce yourself to start with before we uh, dive into the questions? We'll be asking the questions, old man. Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? All right. Uh, my name is Gary. I have been a cowboy fan my whole life. We will talk about that in a bit. Um, I'm from the Dallas area. I grew up in a small town north of Dallas. The whole thing to me was very organic to be a Cowboys fan. I typically like to watch games at home with my friends. I don't go to games very often. I get that question a lot from people when they find out that I'm a big fan because I travel a lot for work. So I meet a lot of people outside of uh, Texas. And one of the things that when, you know, if somebody says something about being, oh, are you a Cowboys fan? Because you're from Dallas. And yes, I'm a Cowboys fan. And then there's always some sort of a, a big reaction to that. It's either I'm a Cowboys fan too, or uh, your sucks. So, teams, so that's pretty much it. But I'm a Cowboys fan my whole life. All right, let's get into the questions. So when did you actually become a fan and why? So, again, I just say that it's it's organic. My mom was a Cowboys fan. My dad was a Cowboys fan. My, my parents were Cowboys fans all the way back to the beginning. Like, you know, my dad, um, he graduated high school in 67, 1967. The Cowboys franchise began in 1960 he actually was a dallas texans fan and for historians everybody knows that the texans moved to kansas city and became the kansas city chiefs but my dad was a cowboys fan starting in 1960 when he was a kid and um, used to go to games at the cotton bowl when he was a little bit older in the in the late 60s when the cowboys were actually pretty good as i grew up I, there are pictures of me as a child wearing tony dorsett shirts and and roger staubach shirts it was always around you know i can i remember even as a very small child being in the room while my parents were watching the games to me i think it was just bred into me i don't know that i had a whole lot of a choice unless i was going to be uh rebellious and uh in that way i was not so so i guess that would make it easy for your favorite player to be one of those superstar players from the late 70s early 80s so who, who is your favorite player you know okay so this one i get a lot of funny looks on this one um because it's not it's not one of those now the other thing to remember if you think about it from a timeline perspective so the 90s cowboys are my cowboys the 70s cowboys were my dad's cowboys even though i was a fan and i watched the games and and uh and all of that with him the 90s cowboys were my wheelhouse we're talking about like i had just graduated high school in 1990 so in 92 93 95 i am 21 23 24 so i am in the heart of me and my buddies sitting around drinking beer and watching football and doing all that stuff when you're on your own for the first time it just so happens that my team's ripping off super bowls and it also happened that my roommate at the time uh, was a guy named Charles Metzelars, who had an uncle named Pete Metzelars, who played for the Bills. The apartment was a lot of fun on Super Bowl Sundays during that time. That must have been. That, that's interesting. That's pretty much the same age timeline for me. So yeah, I graduated high school 
92. So I was 18, 19, 20, 21 through that kind of 92 through 96 period. Yep. So I, I, same thing for me. I just didn't have any friends that knew about the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so I, I was just sitting at home watching what I could on, on, on TV. But that whole period of time is certainly my Dallas Cowboys time as well. That um, great to have seen those. Good so my, my favorite player kind of comes from that era. And, um, you know, there are several guys that really are way up on the list. Obviously, the triplets, you know, I love Troy yeah. and and uh, Michael and, and Emmett. Each of them had a very specific role on that team, um, with Troy being the leader and Michael being the heart and Emmett being the engine that made everything go. I am a huge Larry Allen fan. I think he's maybe the greatest lineman to ever play the game. He's probably the strongest man to ever be in the NFL. He was, it's funny because when you look at him hanging around with some of his teammates and everything, he's, he laughs and has a good time. He's not the gentle giant. Like he, he is there to rip your head off and take your soul. And uh, that's how I, you know, that's to me, that's football. Uh, so he was probably my favorite Woodson. Darren Woodson's a very close second, Okay, okay. Uh, but it's probably Larry Allen is my favorite. And how about your favorite Cowboys moment of this long uh, career as a, as a fan dating back to what, late 70s, early 80s then? So favorite yeah. Cowboys moment, if it's if you can pick one. It, so um, I think I can. I think it was in the, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 27, um, as Aikman had thrown a, a touchdown pass late and he turned and, and raised the, the finger and was running towards the sideline, jogging towards the sideline with his hand up. High formation this time. Aikman play action fake, slips, gets up, throws a deep ball. Harper's all alone. Caught it at the five. Touchdown, Cowboy. And this completion to Alvin Harper looks to have clinched a Cowboys Super Bowl championship. Uh, and I remember thinking, we're, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, that was my realization point. At, at, that, game, at that point, the game was it was already over. I knew that it was over. I think everybody else knew that it was over, but that was the moment that it really, really hit me. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Like I, I had that thought a lot, but that was my realization point. So that one was probably my favorite for a very long time. I'll say I actually went to London uh, and watched the Cowboys and Jaguars play uh, a few years ago. And, and that was a lot of fun. For me personally, uh, for a personal moment, that one ranks very highly just because the chance to travel to, to the UK and to go to a game with so many people that love football. And if you've ever been, for anybody that's listening, you've been to a game in uh, any of the Cowboys Stadium, Texas Stadium or, or current Cowboys Stadium or whatever, you know that for whatever reason, there's a lot of people that are there because it's an event, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a thing to do. It's a, a place to go. It's not because they just love football. And I felt like when I was at Wembley stadium, that I was surrounded by, you know, whatever 80,000 people or whatever was in there. They just love football. You know, that was a thing for them that it was so novel. And, uh, you can just tell being around them is a lot of fun tailgating before the game uh, or tailgating. We were at pub. So pub gating, I don't know. Uh, yeah. it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And so that memory is definitely one of my favorites for me personally. 
So we're, we're recording this mid-March, and, and at the moment it still isn't known exactly who's playing in the, in the European game. So the home sides have been announced. So as it stands, there is a chance that the Cowboys could be coming over either to play Jacksonville, which is probably the more likely of the two, or to play or to play Green Bay. But personally, I can't see that that the NFL is going to give up Cowboys at Packers as a prime time game and let that be played at what is effectively 9 a.m. East Coast time on a Sunday morning. I, I just don't see them giving that one up. But there is a chance the Cowboys could be playing the Jags again. Would you come back over? Would you, would you recommend people to come over for that? If uh, I would if definitely recommend people coming over. But if I got a chance, if I I made it where it was easy for me last time because I happened to be working on a project that was on the East Coast, and I was able to get a direct flight from where I was working to London, and it was only okay. about a six-hour flight. I actually took off on Thursday night. Um, I got at a Thursday a Thursday afternoon flight and landed in London Thursday night at all day Friday and Saturday to hang out and do whatever I wanted. Sunday, we'd go to the game. And uh, then Monday I flew back and I only missed one day of work uh, to do it. Cause I'm always, I was generally right. off on Fridays anyway. Uh, but I also happened to have a friend that was in town. He was, he was doing a rugby tour. He was going around and watching rugby matches all over the UK for about two weeks. And he was in town and uh, I had an extra ticket because a friend of mine that was supposed to go ended up not being able to go. And okay. so he went with me to the game. If if you get a chance, if anybody's listening to this, if there's any way that you can make it work, you should go. It's a, it's great. You know, and there's a lot to do in London anyway, especially if you're an American and you haven't been uh, over there before. There's no shortage of things to go and see and do. If I narrowed it down to only my Cowboys experiences while I was there, they have, they do so much with the game. There were parties the day before on Saturday yep. at a pub yep. that, and, and there were Cowboys that showed up, not current Cowboys, but Danny White was there uh, along with some of the radio guys here locally and get a chance to, to hang out and meet uh, them and talk a little bit about football. So it's definitely worth it. And if I got a chance, I would certainly do it again. Yeah, well, you're very, very welcome over. And uh, it, it's getting uh, better and better organized. Fans are getting more and more knowledgeable. Um, so I think it's been in London now for 15 years or so, something like that. Um, and, and certainly the more that the games come and the bigger teams come and, and fans get educated and, and really start to develop a huge passion for the game. Um, it's, a, it's a really great experience. This is a harder one to answer. Is there a player you don't like from the Cowboys? It'd be a lot easier if you asked me about coaches that I don't like. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah, there have been a few over the years that that get on my nerves. I think the big one uh, probably would be Greg Hardy. Uh, he wasn't here for very long. Yeah, sure. um, there's obvious stuff there with the off-field issues and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, that was a pretty bad dude. You know, I tried to, yeah, I was. tried to be okay with it, but that was a bad dude. And I, and ultimately I wish they hadn't signed him at the time. I was yeah. like, I hope he's put that stuff behind him. Maybe he's learned from his mistakes. Um, and I hope that he comes out and has 15 sacks. You know, I think privately to myself, I just wish they hadn't signed him. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Cool. So how about your underrated Cowboy could be now, could be a recent player, current player, could be one from twenty years ago. Yeah, the most underrated cowboy. I think for me, I, like 
this might not be necessarily be true for, for Cowboy fans, but I don't, the fact that Darren Woodson isn't in the hall of fame is wrong. Uh, he's one of the, he's definitely one of the best safeties to play during his era. Uh, he was a safety that was well ahead of his time. He was a linebacker in college converted to safety in the NFL. Uh, if he played today, he would be an absolute megastar because he's a matchup nightmare. He can cover like a slot corner. He can defend in the run game. Uh, he can play the single high stuff. You know, everybody, we went through years where we had Roy Williams here as a safety, and Roy was great for his first few years. Everybody loved him, and he was—he made a tremendous impact on the game. He was such a monster out there on the field. He wasn't very good when Darren Woodson wasn't with him, and I think a lot of that was Darren's influence, not only on Roy as the player, but on the, on the game plan of the way the safeties get used. You could use Woodson to do so many things. I think even by people that are Cowboys fans that like Darren Woodson, I don't think they understand how awesome he was. And so to me, he's underrated. Now, if you want to talk about somebody that I think maybe might've been underrated that people didn't care as much about flows out. Adams doesn't get enough. That guy was very, very good for a very long time. And, um, you know, people mostly just hated him because he would get caught holding sometimes. It's going to happen when you're a lineman. But that's a guy that was on an island his whole life. Nobody, they didn't help him. They weren't chipping for him or anything like that. So, but to me, I think the guy that I would go with is Darren Woodson. I think even though yeah. people will say, well, he's not underrated, I think he is. And that's just my opinion. So, yeah, in, in, in the scheme of things, uh, he's underrated. I completely agree. Okay, let's shift gears. This isn't only going to be talking about the Cowboys. In fact, it's not even only going to be talking about the NFL. So um, let's get to know a little bit more about you from the other sports that you look at. Do you, are you cheering passionately for any other teams? Uh, and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I am a big, big sports fan. All of my teams are my local teams. So I know there's a lot of people that I know that are Cowboys fans that are also like Spurs fans, uh, San Antonio Spurs uh, but there are a lot of Cowboys fans in Texas well, all over the world. But, you know, San Antonio doesn't have a football team. So there's a lot of Cowboys fans. There's Spurs fans. I know a lot of Cowboys fans that are also Yankee fans and Laker fans. And that's just like a, I just want to pick the biggest franchise in each sport and say that that's my team. That's not me. I was born here in the Dallas area, a small town uh, north of the Metroplex. But I was born here in the Dallas area. I'm a massive i'll do these in the order right cowboys are my number one team the dallas mavericks are my number two team that they're my favorite nba team and one of the things that that you've talked about earlier is how the, I, I don't like the obj thing if you're not my team i don't like you at all i don't have a backup team i don't have a secondary nfl team i don't have a secondary nba team i don't have a secondary baseball team i like my teams i'm from here so my teams are the Cowboys, the Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Stars, FC Dallas, our local soccer team. Uh, anything local is my, they're my teams. I don't have any teams outside of this Metroplex except soccer. Because I did do some work and, and, uh, was over in Europe and, and specifically in London mostly while I was working. 
I did decide that I was going to follow sports while I was there as well. And I had to pick a team and I was in a pub one day with a buddy of mine that I, that lives there. And we were watching Arsenal versus Chelsea. It seemed like everybody in the room liked Arsenal. They were in the middle of, was it like a 22 match win streak? I think they had back in the late nineties, early aughts. Here's the thing. I'm a Cowboys fan and all of this stuff bleeds over. So I've got at that point, maybe 30 years of, of loving the Cowboys. And so number one, I like blue. I don't like red and Arsenal was red. Right. And, and Chelsea was blue. And then there was a guy on Chelsea that I really, I was watching the game and the more I, the more I watched and he was making me laugh, but he wasn't taking physicality from the other team like they would try to bump him around and he would he would get very physical back this guy named Eider Good Johnson and um and he Icelandic guy Icelandic guy takes no nonsense from anyone and he wore number 22 so now I've got this blue jersey and it's number 22 just like Emmett I just it, it all just clicked for me so I had no idea I honestly I had no idea I was picking one of the better clubs, none. Um, so uh, for all I knew, I, I might've been picking Newcastle. Uh, that's a dig for Bob. He'll enjoy that. He I, I had no, I had no idea that I was picking one of the top clubs. So I'm not a front runner. Uh, whoever was playing that day, whatever made me pick that team was just going to end up being my team and ended up being Chelsea and Chelsea is my team. Um, as you alluded to earlier, we'll see how that uh, shakes out with everything that's going on with Russia and Ukraine um, and yep. Roman Abramovich, the owner. Uh, maybe I still have a club and maybe I have to repick. Um, but if I have to repick, I will not pick Tottenham because they're the Spurs and the Spurs are the San Antonio Spurs. And I have to hate the Spurs. So I can't hate the Spurs and love the Spurs. So it sounds like you're also limiting yourself to a team that plays in blue. Uh, so you kind of, but you're down to Everton. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Everton, no, maybe, so. Ips, maybe Ipswich, but yeah. I would not suggest going the route of Everton or Ipswich, Gary. Well, I, really you know, I could always leave the EPL. I could go to Bundesliga or sure. or something else. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I do limit myself with that. Yeah, well, so. good good luck. I, I I hope that the Chelsea remain in existence. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting times. It's another interesting point as we're talking about kind of crossover between sports. You may not have seen this, but yesterday, so uh, again, we're recording this in in, in mid March. Uh, yesterday, Manchester United were playing a very high profile game against Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur, uh, and the camera kept panning to a very important person in the uh, in the owners' box at uh, Old Trafford. And uh, Tom Brady uh, was in attendance yesterday hmm. um, and got a lot of camera time during the game, uh, which is testament to, again, how big NFL is becoming here, that this was a very big thing that Tom Brady was in attendance. Uh, and after the game, there was a very nice uh, coming together, a very nice meeting um, on the field uh, between Tom Brady and Cristiano Ronaldo. So two truly two of the great players of the last 20 years from their respective sports coming together. And you could see, you could see the respect. If you haven't seen it yet, you should look it up. Uh, you could just see the respect between two absolute legends. Uh, 
that have looked after themselves. I think Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo truly believes in the same kind of fitness and wellness regime that, that Tom Brady does. It was just a, a, you know, I don't care for either of these two players or their clubs, uh, but there was a wonderful respect. Look, look it up. It's, uh, it's interesting to see when, when those two sports kind yeah. of come, come it's together. A, it's amazing that you could have that. If you think about it, even those two guys who play at the top of their sports and are around guys that also play that same sport, right, all the time. And yet in a moment like that, they are truly standing with someone who is one of the, one of the five people on the planet that knows exactly what it's like to be the other guy. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, Gary, let's, uh, let, let's wrap up. Anything you want to say in closing? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I just, you know, big Cowboys fan. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. I hope everybody gives us a chance. Uh, if you enjoy it, maybe uh, get a couple of your friends to listen with you and uh, we'll see you next episode.